0: hey everybody welcome to the roots podcast i am your host sean pitcher today's guest we have on is joel totoro he is the director of sports science at thorn health tech um joel is one of the ogs in sports nutrition um we will get into a discussion about that as we kind of go along throughout the podcast um but he's kind of one of those pioneers that's been around with that original group that kind of started out sports nutrition from the very beginning but like any podcast joel i want to start out with what are your roots yeah, that's a that's a loaded question at this age. Right. But uh, yeah, so I
1: started my career in um actually in clinical nutrition, ICU trauma. But before that, I went to the University of Connecticut. Um, I started as a pharmacy major. I knew I wanted to do something in science. I uh, wasn't sure that med school ortho was right for me. And kind of at that time, PT was super saturated. That was kind of at, at my age or my generation. That was kind of where you started in sports. Uh, And nutrition wasn't really something that was on my radar initially uh, until I took my first class and I was like, wait, this is actually what I want to do. Like, it's not the pharmaceutical side. It's the, you know, nutrition making an impact on the biological level, all that fun, nerdy stuff. But uh, (laughs) at the time, it wasn't really a profession. Um, You know, you could be a consulting with some side gigs or, you know, work with marathoners or, you know, there was a team of training, which is kind of supporting cancer, um, <clears throat> but it wasn't a full-time gig unless you went academic and i was super fortunate my senior year uh at uconn uh dr jeff volk came over with william kramer and the whole uh exercise physiology group from Paul, ben's ball state which were uh kind of the the number one group in the country so uh, i got to meet him he was a male dietitian uh for real the first one i'd ever met in person and uh he was kind of matching he has PhD in uh, exercise physiology, but he's also an RD. So uh, I, w- I was like, this is what I want to do. All right. So I'm not the only one that sees this vision, uh, mm-hmm. you know, because when you live in a bubble, you know, a small, I went to, you know, Yukon's in the middle of uh, the corner of, of Connecticut. You don't interact with all that many people. So uh, <laughs> I was the first person to see like, oh, this is somebody doing it way better than I had even pictured. So, you know, I was talking to him and he's like, yeah, this is, this is something. He's like, go clinical if that's what you want to do. He's like, but you won't be there long. Like everything you're saying is where the industry needs to go so uh kind of did that and uh loved the icu it was awesome you get kind of uh data and then you respond the next day and you know you're an interdisciplinary team so as you can imagine moving over to sports same exact kind of thing uh it's just i always say i traded life and death for wins and losses but uh a couple (laughs) years into my my clinical work uh, i got a call from volick that you know this guy and was dave ellis was going to be calling me Then the patriots which were the local team were looking for you know somebody and uh so i thought i was going in to give like you know like a training camp camp talk or whatever and uh mm-hmm. got there interviewed on the sideline it's like pouring rain like you know you'll do anything you want uh and uh so i got there started uh you know we didn't lose the, the first game after i started and then uh You know, the next week they were like, can you just quit your job? And I was like, absolutely. You know, uh, (laughs) they're like, we found a hidden gem. We're going to keep this person if if we're going to like this. Yeah. And uh, and from there. So I did that for eight seasons and then moved over to the University of Michigan to do. uh, They were building a high performance lab. So I get to be involved in that. And then my passion has always been hockey as well. I think it's such a nutrient necessary sport. Uh, so they had an amazing program there so I get to work there and then uh basketball men's and women so I get to kind of open my my uh, eyes to some other things besides football because after you know 12 seasons of football you're kind of uh you've, you've made a lot of the corrections right uh and then when that was kind of ending you know our ad got fired and uh the football staff was let go and we got a new president and it was just like it's time for a clean break and uh at that time Thorne was kind of starting up this, sports science uh or sport nutrition side of things and uh they were like are you are you interested and I was like actually yeah like I kind of want to be part of doing it right in the supplement industry because it you know in my mind hadn't really been done at the level it needed to so and that was uh eight years ago so uh, I've been running with that ever since that's
0: awesome um to go back to one of the things you said in the very beginning do you feel like having that base level clinical background played a big role as you transitioned into the sports nutrition realm with being yeah. like possibly some, some situations there may have popped up in the athlete population.
1: hundred percent. And more than I even realized at the time that I was doing it, but, you know, so kind of when, when we started, and this is back in 2004, you know, uh, we were all just lucky enough to see Louise Burke, but she was the only one doing real applied nutrition research. So you had to look at trauma and then you had to look at performance. Like rugby had a lot of studies and I was like, that's as close as I can get to football, but I had to pull and guess from those kind of things. But uh, as I got into it, I, the way I kind of always explain it is that sports is intentional trauma, right? We're doing body to the da- damage to the body, or we're asking it to go above, above and beyond baseline. And when you stop and you look, you know, metabolically, biological, look at the lab work, like your body doesn't care whether it ran a marathon or you know it's just dealing with something. So uh, the what once and, and the great thing about intentional trauma is you know it's going to happen, right? So you can have a plan for it. So yeah, I just the way I've summed up my kind of the, what what I do is, all right, what's your, all your body wants to do is not die, right? It's a survival machine. So yeah. what are you doing? That's uh you're asking your body above and beyond what's the biological cost of the activity you're asking it you to do, whether it's, you know, physical, cognitive, whatever, what's the biological cost of that? So what needs to be true nutrient wise before you do it? What do you need during your doing, doing the activity? And then what do you need to put back in? And that's kind of like, I would say it's like the most simple yet complicated machine in the in the world, right? But uh yeah, so that's kind of for sure everything I still do medical nutrition therapy. You know, you look at blood work, you look at mm-hmm. these kind of things. And um, you know, there there's there has to be that kind of clinical yeah. research-based component to everything you do, or else you're kind of just guessing and you owe it to your clients to not be guessing.
0: Yeah. I I always say to my athletes all the time, like especially if they don't want to do certain stuff, like, I go, would you rather guess about what's going on with your body externally, internally or do you actually know what's going on so I can do something about it in the right progression in the right way? Right. Yeah, and, and you coin it, coin it, and put it that way. It makes a little bit more sense to them. It's a little bit more right. simpler, even though there still might be a little bit resistance to it at the same time. They're like, all right, this, this, this individual is actually trying to like help me because he wants to guide me in the right direction with the data that's actually available. They could take.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think getting people to understand it's like, it's just an informed decision. Like it's like, you know, 20 years ago, we didn't have load monitoring. We didn't have, uh, you know, any of this stuff. We weren't even tracking workouts. Workouts were like optional 25 years ago, right? Like, <laughs> you know, I always joke like I'm old enough that like when I was coming up, it was like hydrating was for the weak during practice you know yeah. like that's how, take a small how, tablet you're not going to get water
0: <laughs> for three hours and just deal with it
1: <laughs> yeah but uh for me like we're all you know at the, at the core scientists so i want to i want to prove that it's working too like if i'm giving you an intervention i want to see that it's working you want to see that it's working and you know like it, it's one thing to say what you're feeling but like some of the changes aren't necessarily like immediate like oh yeah i feel better. So. Uh, the more you can kind of quantify, it's just, you know, you go from that shotgun approach to the sniper and it's just, uh, that's where you make some of the best, uh, adaptations.
0: And it just helps us as a dietitian begin to grow value and what we Mm do. I mean, with this shift going into sports science, collecting data, analyzing it. And then, you know, as we kind of progress along, being able to provide that back to the athlete in real time, you know, I, I found having the exposure and and fortunate and in the last place I was at and the current place I'm at is dedicated to that piece of the puzzle. And now I call it my receipts. I always have my receipts If a parent, a coach, an athlete. Somebody comes at me and says, I'm not progressing in the way that I want. Well, let's go look at the data that I collected over the last year. And I can show you directly at these points in time why this isn't happening or this isn't working and how we need to change it and then put the ownership back on them at the end of the day. Yeah, And that's why I love nutrition. It's like we're kind of the glue guy on the high performance team
1: or the clinical team when I was you know on that side nutrition touches everything right so if you're collecting all this data like what's the so what so many times where the so what or one of the solutions for the so what like mm-hmm. i always say there's uh it, it's relatively hard to over train an athlete it's very easy to under recover them right so i think a lot of times we miss that and get so hung up on you know all these different things and i was like all right well i mean rarely is coach ever going to change practice uh so if that's true what do we need to do to make that as sustainable as possible and let people be progressing day after day?
0: Yeah. How do I work around it before leading up to the practice and after the practice, or what do I provide in the environment to hopefully maximize my, my potential for athletes to hopefully utilize what we're giving them if we can't control the uncontrollables, unfortunately.
1: And we have 20 hours of the day, you know, they've got four, uh, whatever you do to them, I have to, I have to count for, uh, the rest of the day, but that's, I always, you know, it's, I would say so much of this job is marketing your, your ideas to the, to the athlete and coaches, but uh, you know, it's out recover your opponent a lot. Like most of, most of the, at the elite level, most of the people have the same training facilities. They have the same general ideas, the same, you know, uh, data, but like, all right, what are you doing with that? And that's where you can kind of really make some, some changes that, you know, you can kind of get an edge on, on other people.
0: And that's what I'll say too, whether it's certain practitioners almost don't want to give up some of their information or tricks or tips it's like at the end of the day it really comes down to the practitioner like i'm i'm all about having conversations chatting sharing like what we're doing at my facility but that doesn't mean that dietitian that other person is going to be able to do it the same way that i'm able to provide it to the athletes so i think think sometimes like why are we trying to hide hide stuff like why aren't we just trying to help each other to then help each other all of our athletes at the end of the day
1: that's been one of the nice things about being outside of team sports is I'm supporting everybody. Right. So I have no secrets. I'll share everything. But I always say like, Hey man, like we all have access to biology, right? We work off biology, right? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's advances that happen, but they're publicly available to everybody. Right. So it's not like I've got a scheme that's different. right? Like we, you could be doing everything I'm doing. Right. So it's just a matter of, are you supported by your department? Are you selling it correctly? Are you understanding it? Are you interpreting everything correctly? So yeah, the the baseline, the playbook is there, you know, it's it's been there for hundreds of years, right? So it's just a matter of how you interact with that and how that fits your specific philosophy and team and whatnot. So yeah, uh, I, I'm as open as possible uh, with, uh, you know, like, Hey, Hey, if you're a, p- a peanut butter on one side of the, bread guy and i'm a two side of the bread hey man that's that's just personal preference right i'll say peanut
0: butter on two sides is legit way to go because so the jelly does not come out the sides if any water said yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny because uh we did a like a J making contest and i didn't tell the athletes how to make the Js. i just watched them make it and i was like ah your PBJ is gonna be weak in like two three hours if it sits in the refrigerator they're like yeah. they're all like they're all super competitive so like oh, what do you mean what do you mean I'm like well, that bread's not protected, so that jelly's gonna go right through it. And they were just like shocked by it. I mean, you can go, you can go next level and
1: throw that third slice in the middle, but that's yeah, that's poof. You got, <laughs> you got to be, I'm... you got to be ready for that. You know, it's not, it's not for the weak.
0: <laughs> that sounds like something my father would have done. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you speak on the the growth of sports nutrition in general? I mean, I I, I think it was you, or maybe it was another dietitian that was. Kind of part of that initial group, I mean, you, you had said like there's like 15 20 of you, and then now you know, at our last conference that we had, the conference sold out. I think there was 500 or more dietitians at the conference, so it just seems like in the last 10 15 years, I mean, it's, the field has really just exploded, and there's been more support and more organizations and universities finally buying into what we do.
1: Yeah, I think that was, I mean, it's just the growth of the profession for sure. Uh, when I started in 04. I knew Volick, my professor. I had met Dave Ellis. And then uh, it was me and the pros, and I think maybe 10 full time dietitians in in college. And there may have been one or two at the Olympic and and military, and that were close to full time, if not full time. But that was it as far as full time dietitians go. Now, people have been talking about sports nutrition for years. And there was the, you know, they were basically kind of like every city had their go to consultant that was everything. But uh, the idea of it, you know, being integrated, being full time, and being day to day responsive, and really encompassing encompassing everything that Dietetics does, um, that was a new idea. And and honestly, when when Bill Bill kind of uh went to his agent, shared an agent with Tom Osborne. Tom Osborne was the first one, you know, and he had himself like bad blood work or on or suboptimal blood work on his like cholesterol or whatever, and he was got into nutrition and you know he. Dave was working him as a strength coach do, doing nutrition as well. And, and he was like, wait, tell me more. And he's like, wait, uh, yeah, there's a ton we can do. So, uh, but they saw it as a competitive advantage. It was something nobody else was doing. You know, we had, you know, strength coach has been fully integrated for, you know, a decade there. Uh, athletic medicine as well. Sports psych is kind of in the same, uh, journey as, as sports nutrition, whereas the bet some of the best people were seeing that, you know, that was a, an area of, of, Opportunity and just supporting the the body of what we're asking to do. So, yeah. But at that time, then we had you know we drafted somebody from Texas A and M, and so Amy Bragg reached out to me. She was doing it down there, and then so now I knew three people in the industry. Um, But the industry as a whole wasn't super supportive of the idea that it was a full time job, uh, that you could do this, or or that there was a need. You know to fill 40 hours a week and it's sports we know it's not 40 but uh you know so uh <laughs> it was kind of a couple of us doing it in in a way and we were all young and just kind of most of us were you know dual credential they're you know right. working in strength and, and working in nutrition and just kind of trying to establish the the need for it and and once you know once anybody sees it they're like oh yeah no of course of course we should have had this 10 years ago right but it was just a matter of, of kind of that organic growth and enough passionate people in the industry. You know, I would say you can't hide passion. So when you're there in the moment doing it, your athletes can see that you're there to help them. Coaches can see that you're making a difference. And then, you know, it's either somebody comes up from the college and is like, Hey, where's your dietitian? Or, you know, we had, you know, one of our staff members went to another team, you know, as head coach created my position there. Uh, and that's how it grows. And, you know, we went from, it's probably, 2008 is the first time those of us who are doing it were. our 2006 was the first time we all were randomly like meeting in the lobby of a, another conference because we we're like wait what are you doing with this like no <laughs> one else I can't ask anybody else so yeah um we went from me you know maybe 15 of us then to what it is now and it's all just by establishing you know both having an impact but also like establishing that kind of relevancy and and how that it's a hole in a lot of teams uh, performance, you know, you have to account for everything to be, to be elite.
0: Yeah. I was having this conversation with, with Anthony Zamora. We also did a, an episode together and, you know, a lot of those, let's say old hat or older coaches, you know, probably the next five, 10 years are eventually going to get pushed. start going away from out to their respective sport. And we're having more of these coaches now surrounded by us strength coaches, mental sports psych. So now it's almost going to kind of be the norm to have those types of supports that have around you. Or, you know, obviously we can see a lot at some of the pro levels, you know, not every pro organization has a full-time dietitian or the, the appropriate staff that they need. So then it becomes, like you said, when they're going from team to team and they see the standard and, and level of nutrition quality that you had at your place, and then they go to another place that doesn't have it well, how do we make this happen? Because I know what benefits this has on the athletes and how this can help us be a step ahead of everybody else. Or we're going to be behind if we don't make if we don't have these type of individuals as a part of our team because, and from the last history that we saw with our team, like we're not winning. So is this like the piece of the puzzle that's going to like push us ahead so we can get over that hump?
1: Yeah, and that's absolutely how a lot, like a lot of the college <laughs> growth, growth happened for two of the things you mentioned. One, you know, there's some people that have now grown up you know as assistants or whatever and you know the people who were interns with me 20 Mm -hmm. years ago in new england are head coaches gms whatever like so they now know don't know a life without it right yeah uh but on the flip side in college it was just like you're gonna recruit you're gonna recover you're gonna outperform because like we if i'm choosing between you two and these two schools and and one has a strong nutrition program that's going to support my my athlete and and one doesn't i'm like well what else are you not doing right so yeah it's 100 percent how it grows and you know that's kind of a a big picture, we also kind of had a didn't really necessarily. I mean, we knew it at the time. Didn't realize the impact was. Uh, you have a a responsibility of the profession to be that expert and to show you know be the best and and be as up on the research and and you know supporting the team as much as you can. So, um, you know, and it, it's it's hard. You know, it's hard. The sports life is hard. There's you know a ton more lows than there are highs. You know, so it just takes a certain person that's driven a certain way to to stay in it and. You know, uh, I'm I'm stealing from Rob Skinner here, but uh, he says a version of you know if, if you're no longer living your dream, like get out of the way and let somebody else your somebody else's dream, right? So like if, if the team's asking for more than you have time for, you know when it goes from consulting to full time, like if you're not able to meet those needs, like it's, I think there's a responsibility of profession to, to let somebody come in that is willing to do it or, or or you know advocate for that second position that can do what you need to do, but don't you know you can't ever let progress stop because of your bandwidth which is not a word I love but yeah uh,
0: just don't overextend yourself if you know yeah. if these are the x amount of services you can provide based off the amount of hours you have in a week or the hours that you can give back to also have a good work-life balance at the same time because you yeah. know there's times and situations and programs yeah. where that may or may not happen we also know that there's sports where there's just parts of the years and months where you're going to be super busy regardless and there's probably not much you can do about that um, but yeah I definitely agree with that. <laughs> It's a thankless thankless job at times. You're not always going to get thank you and recognition and not everyone athletes going to appreciate you all the time, but you got to be able to, you know, and pat yourself on the back that you are doing a great job and continue to keep, keep moving on. Even if no one else sees that in their eyes.
1: Yeah. And this is, this is a me philosophy. I'm not saying it's for everybody, but I'm of the opinion that, you know, sports performance, sports science, we're in the service industry, right? Mm -hmm. We're not, I don't ever want to be the star. You know, like I said, 12 seasons of football, it's I had zero carries for zero yards, you know, like mm-hmm. uh, I I didn't win a single game. Like may have I, you know, supported efforts to to not lose a game for sure. Right. And I'm not trying to minimize the role, but like, uh, you know, you have to be in it for the right reasons. It is all of us that are in it and stay in it. There, We have an altruistic bone. You know, we have a drive to serve that, that I think uh, we may not even understand why, but yeah, for sure. It's a, it's a service industry and you are, you know part of the piece that that makes everybody better and you know there there's something about that that works for me you know but it's not for everybody if that's not if that's not as that's not filling your cup uh to offset some of the things that you know you're giving up to be in in sports in elite sport then uh it's okay there's a ton of different ways to make impact you know
0: yeah i tell my guys i'm here to serve you i'm i'm here if you're willing to let me invest you in you so it's awesome you you come to me whenever you want i'm going to be able to help you out whenever you need while you're in this opportunity in this space with me during that time. But then it's like you got to be willing to use the tools and actually apply them and do something with them. Like I can't 100%. I can't hold your hand and drag you through it, even though some athletes may want that to happen at times. Um, but I just I keep talking about, you know, especially now with like NIL deals and, and business and these guys making a lot of money. It's like, what are you doing right now to let all these practitioners invest in you? So then when you get later on, college, the pros, you now have this toolbox that's just exploding with all these things that you've learned that now maybe you're saving money because you invested early on and now you don't have to spend as much money on all these different practitioners because you have the ability and the self-sufficiency to to hopefully do that yourself i mean how many athletes have you worked
1: with like man where were you back in the day or if i had you i'd be like all right well hey that's
0: not an excuse anymore you gotta find us you got to use us right yeah 100 percent so so talking about research, can you can you tell the audience, what is Thorn? Where did it come yeah. from? How did it start? Just maybe a, a brief background about that. Yeah, so Thorne's a
1: super unique company. And like, honestly, if you'd asked me, you know, 10, 15 years ago, if I'd ever be working on the supplement side, knowing, you know, what we know about the supplement industry, I would have told you absolutely not. But um, so Thorne's been around for almost 40 years. And for the first 30, you had to go through a healthcare practitioner. So that's how I found them. Honestly, I needed just a good magnesium uh, in a form that wasn't going to compromise GI. Right as we, mm-hmm. kept, you know, finally started getting some blood work on magnesium, saw how low some of these numbers were. But, um, but yeah, so Thorne's a little bit different. So they, they kind of um, the the founder of the company didn't doesn't think anyone should blindly take supplements. So that's why it was always through a healthcare practitioner. But enough of us on the sports side were like, hey, you guys are already making this quality, you know, that we look for. Can you? certify some of your products like this is a need so we kind of launched that but they were smart to launch with you know the team we've built there's you know five of us on the sports team that have been around forever um and we all come from different aspects of you know from you know olympics to strength and conditioning to myself but uh, i'm one of probably at this point 40 healthcare practitioners at thorns so we have that You know, we don't just have an advisory board, we just hire them full time, right? So, uh, you know, which is great for me, because I don't have to be the smartest man on the island in every single aspect, you know, so, like, as gut health goes, like, you know, I've said this, I think I said it to you, like, I get to be the dumbest guy on those calls, right? And I get to take notes and have homework. So, the fact that Thorn is kind of invested in the in the you know has a healthcare legacy and uh, you know is part, does a ton of research external research lets other people research our projects, you know we're partnered with you know you know Mayo Clinic's one of the the people we do research with and they're just one of like all these different amazing medical entities we work with and now as we're starting to do some research we just uh, I just shared with you at the last conference where. We're about to publish some research on, you know, kind of one of our brain health products and and subconcussive hits on on youth hockey players. So we get to let other people research our products in in the actual population we're using them in. So that to me was kind of checked all my boxes of like, all right, this is a company I can go do cool things with. So it's fun, you know. So the legacies and supplement, but we're kind of always looking at you know, how to, what are the, what are the, what are, what's validated? You know, what can I learn from a finger stick, a saliva swab or a urine sample at home without going to lab? You know, what is blood work telling us? How does that tie into the biome? So really just trying to bring the, I like to empower the athlete to be, I would say, you have to be the CEO of you, right. But empower mm-hmm. the athlete or the, the client or the patient to be making those healthcare decisions for themselves and being like an informed champion for themselves. So that's kind of the, the, mission of thorn is to provide education and the means for you to make the best healthcare decisions you can
0: so you mentioned team what is what does that team consist of so is it sports dietitians is it doctors is it researchers like what does that team essentially
1: yeah it's everything from medical doctors do's uh naturopaths you know kind of with this the their kind of uh, functional medicine aspect we've got a ton of phds dietitians it's kind of all over the board it's uh you know anyone we're working with where we have a void of expertise we just kind of bring them in and then you start yeah. adding the secondary group of uh, if it's not one of our people that's an expert one of our partners has an expert in that so again the, the the level of people i get to interact with every day uh you know i'm talking to people i was like i've read your work for years and like i've fanboy <laughs> over them you know so yeah no it, it's it's just a, a wildly fulfilling um position and i always i was joke my job is to do all the things I was going to do in the off season. You know, read all yeah. the papers. You know, have all these conversations. Make sure I'm aware. So, it's it's just a really great company, and you know, we're we're super supported by management, and they understand the uh, the kind of um, responsibility we have to both whether it's on the clinical side or the sports side of of making sure that everything we put out is based in science, has that why behind it. We have the receipts, you know, because uh, there's a ton of things in development that we're just not ready to put out there until the, you know, the supporting evidence is more robust. So uh, the fact that those decisions are made and kind of just the vision of the company is what, what brought me here.
0: I know. And usually when it comes to research, I'm always shooting your text and trying to find out like what's, what's going on right now, Joel. They're like, Hey, I have yeah. a question on this specific topic, this specific supplement. Like, do you have anything on there I can read about? Um, you know, I have besides you have like two or three other people as well, but it's just, especially when you're really busy during the season, like you need something really quick, like you and and a lot of other dietitians have reached out to been a great resource, like right off the bat, where I can go to you, you have something right there, ready to go, send it to me, I can read it. And then like, all right, should I, is there enough information that's qualified or allows me to apply this in this setting and the environment that I'm in right now?
1: Yeah. And that, that goes back to what we talked about, like the growth of the profession and kind of how great it is, how sharing it is um, you know, the, what, Became CPSDA, like I said, we, it was a handful of us meeting, you know, before a conference and then on our own. And that group, I still have a group text. I mean, started as a Yahoo email group. That's how old we are, but now we have a group text. And I'm still legitimately uh, weekly, like, hey, I'm not an idiot, right? I'm reading this correctly, or like, who's got a protocol on this? Like, because when it does come time to justify your program, and you you may have you know 18 hours to be like, all right, so prove it. All right, you've got my ear. This is the only time we're doing budget all year. You have mm-hmm. to be like, all right, who's got this? Who's got that? How do I, how do I sell this? How do I quantify this? How do I put a value on that? And that's where, you know, kind of the the companionship and the fellowship of our profession, I think, is is wildly unique across uh, really any profession.
0: Yeah, it was just like I reached out to a dietitian the other day. I I've never done international travel, you know, and our team is is possibly planning something like that in the future. And I was like, how do I ship stuff over there? How do we bring stuff over there? Like, does yeah. this does this country have X, Y, and Z? And all I took was a quick text back and forth, told me exactly what I need to know. And then I can bring that over to ops or bring it over to our team. And yeah. now it's like, now we don't have to really guess or figure it out or like struggle. There's so many people in the field. There's so many contacts I can reach out to. It takes a couple of seconds and then we get the answer that we need to, to move forward and be, and actually provide the athletes what they need in that new and different space for them. Yeah. And that's, I mean, that's the crazy thing is when you're going into something you've
1: never done, you don't even know the questions to ask, right? Like there was a time when I was at New England where the Patriots going to play a game in Beijing, like a year before the Olympics. And I knew nothing, like I know nothing of that region. So Karen Daigle, who was the Olympic dietitian at the time, doesn't know me from Adam, you know, picks up the phone, walks me through everything she's doing. And, She's like, hey, even she's like, here's the quality, you know, vendors. But she's like, even then, even if it's quality, like their animals eat something different, the soil is different. So even the best plant, she's like, there's going to be a GI reaction. So you have to account for that or you're just going to get blamed, right? Like the food was bad. Well, no, like the environment was bad. There was nothing I could control there. But like, yeah. <laughs> again, it, it's it's knowing what you're going into. So 100%, uh, that's where it's such a valuable to be like, I would say, we're experts in this field when we've been asked more questions and made more mistakes. Right. And, you know, Karen was able to, and we ended up canceling that trip, but it set me up for when we played in London, but um, Mm -hmm. you know, Karen saved me from making mistakes that I didn't even know I was going to make. So that's, that's the, that's the collective wisdom of a, a powerful professional group.
0: It's like with our athletes, they come in. Like sometimes we get upset because they don't know certain stuff. But if you just don't know and no one's taught you, you never had the experience. Like, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> it's it, it either trial by fire or, in that case, you like you have to ask somebody that's been in that in that situation before. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. It's uh, it's such a, such a fulfilling profession, and yeah, it's just great to see it grow. So can you kind of uh, go in depth about what is your specific role? Is it just an education portion? Is it getting research out the dietitians, talking about how supplements get like what is your that job essentially to tell as director of sports science?
1: Yes, to all of the above. Yeah. No, so it's uh <laughs> it's a pretty unique position and I've kind of it's kind of grown as we've seen what people need. So um obviously it's it's understanding the products and understanding being up on the science and you know, understanding where that fits in. And like I said, we're an education first company so it's like hey gut health is important he, i have to know here's the behavioral changes to make here's the food changes to make when are supplements uh the answer or, or an option right mm-hmm. so it's part of it is is staying up on that and, and kind of like being responsible to myself and to the, the company but a lot of it is kind of supporting all our partners like you know, we're partnered with UFC. They have a huge performance team, so it's more kind of how you and I work. Like, hey, what's the support on this? Or hey, we're looking at this, or we're we're looking at these biometrics, uh, anything we need to look at there, right? But then there's other partners or individuals where they don't have a performance team, and I'm the whole performance team for them. You know, yeah. so uh, so it's really just a matter, uh, matter of hey, <laughs> I'm kind of the conduit to all our expertise and all the help, you know, the professionals we have at Thorn, uh, and being able to be like, hey, this is not my expertise let me connect you with this person but it really is supporting everyone to work with to be able to do you know their best practice at the highest level um and then there's a little bit like you know as we're coming out with you know you you were getting an early sample uh people have asked us for a pre-workout for years and we've been kind of like hesitant about it until we found a formula we thought was what we would want in it right so there's there's some input there in research and design and you know it's not like I'm doing this in a bubble. It's collective, you know. What are you yeah. hearing? What What are people hearing from the field? But um, it is kind of having some input and some thought leadership there. And then we have a, you know, like there, nobody's a uh, just an athlete or nobody's just a, you know, we'll have somebody working with a, a diabetic on the clinical side, and they're like, oh yeah, but they're also a triathlete. What What am What am I missing? So it's supporting our internal team and just it's really just kind of getting to be an expert and knowing everybody knowing what my kind of niche is. And then like, this is available for the company, wherever you need it. Is it, do I need to go on a podcast? Do I need to write a blog? Uh, you know, is there, are we working with a new orthopedic group that has some questions about post-surgical uh, best practices, right? So it's really anywhere my, you know, years of expertise can can be applied, which is awesome. And it's okay. crazy what, what that looks like, you know, what those asks are and what, you know, uh, you've been a, you've been a sports dietitian. Like I was, you know, I worked with male football players and then, you know, my third year our strength coach had uh, his wife had gestational diabetes with twins. And I was like, ah, uh, all right, that's been since sophomore year of college. Let me, yeah, let me experts- call. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you never know, you know, we, we drafted a guy that, uh, you know, was diagnosed with uh, with, I believe it was non Hodgkin's lymphoma during the combine process. And I was like, oh, okay oncology again right so uh like like i said earlier nutrition touches everything and so you never know where you're going to be asked and that's the that's the uh pressure of being a dietitian is that you you are responsible for the entire scope of practice right what what, no matter where you practice so it is kind of either building out your your board of directors or trusted advisors that are your okay this is my pregnancy and lactation person this is my renal person like i don't have to be the expert on all these so but yeah, that's my role at Thorne is kind of be the the sports uh, applied science side of of nutrition uh, expert. And then wherever that goes, wherever the ask is, whoever I can
0: support is, is what I do. I think it just makes it unique because your job is never going to be boring. And you get to constantly meet and talk to different individuals amongst multiple levels. <laughs> oh, for sure. <laughs> research and doctors and nutrition and I mean pretty much you've probably been exposed to just a spectrum of individuals at the end of the day too. Yeah. And that's what I
1: love is the idea that like sports, like everything changes in sports and people change. And uh, yeah. as science changes, like they stay on top of the same thing in medicine. Like they stay on top. You have to be on that cutting edge. So uh, I'm always being challenged. If I don't know the answer, I'm like, all right, well I will buy tomorrow. Right. So I get to, yeah. it's, it's like force that, you know, force force kind of uh, growth and, you know, I, ha- I have to continue to make myself better because that's what my job has of me. So I love mm-hmm. that. I love that. I, I you know, I never, I, I have no option to be complacent. I have no option to fall behind or just kind of be stuck in old methodology that I was like, well, this is what I knew then, you know, which I think we see a ton of times.
0: It kind of puts you, uh, I don't know, put, say put you on edge in a negative way, but puts you on edge a little bit to always be on top of your game mm-hmm. because you know there's going to be somebody in your company or somebody else that's going to come with you with something. It's like, how do I provide them the answer? Or like you said before, which I really liked, is just we we can't know everything as one individual. So it's like, do I have my spectrum of individuals that I can go to, text, hit up, whatever that may be, and always have that person in my back pocket? Like, all right, you specialize in GI, you specialize in hydration maybe more than I do and I know if I call you up I can talk to you for like five ten minutes and automatically I'm gonna at least have a good idea or a research paper or something I can then respond to that individual with even if and then try to explain the best that I can yeah and I think that's the
1: again we talk about there's a certain skill set or, or personality that ends up in sports and stays in sports and mm-hmm. for me and you're you're learning a lot more on the business side too it's there's different asks right but like i don't get judged weekly on sunday whether the team performed well or not right so Mm -hmm. i had to get into that environment where i am being judged i do win or lose every day or every week that's how i roll that's what motivates me and keeps me kind of uh fired up so yeah it's it's kind of i found it you know and, and we've all been places where you're like all right this is not a fit and that's okay you know that took me a little while to learn too that like like growing and finding out what doesn't work for you that's that's not a failure that's just part of the journey right so yeah so i've been very fortunate to get in this role where i do get to be challenged every day and in the that's an outside stimulus like we're all doing our own i've got all my own list of like nerd things i want to catch up on but um you know i'm kind of forced into you know like i said there it's really is a responsibility both to the profession and to everyone we work with because we are
0: you know in service
1: of of our end end user
0: so you can't force it in a situation that's just not going to work. Just, you know, like like you said, Rob said, just, just move on and have yeah. somebody else come in and take over that position. It's a better personality or a better fit. And, and it's okay. It's okay not to fit there. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay if you have to find somewhere else because it's better for your family. Um, I think a lot of dietitians need to to hear that and, and know that if you have to make that change, like nobody's judging you. It's just you're doing the, what's the best for you at the end of the day. Yeah, and I
1: think I think in sports it's really frustrating especially when you're younger is when your organization's vision doesn't match yours right like at some point you may just be do as much as they're willing to do and they don't even know that your vision they wanted your vision until you're gone right like we've all heard it like oh, yeah. after you comes in <laughs> with uh you know double your salary and they get everything you're asking for and everyone's like oh I you know why you know why'd you leave And like it's okay like it's not like you build the program like your your mark is on that right and it, it's really it's a little bit humbling uh to know but like of course you want your program in good hands right you of course you want the person after you to be funded and getting it you know so that's the like i said that's the responsibility of the industry because as much as we've grown we're still wildly young you know like we've got work yes. to do in pro and then the high school market and it's just people are expecting it and, and wanting it at so many different levels you know so i think uh, that's yeah
0: that's right there high school highly untapped area yeah. where we, we, have, we have a big hole in, in, in trying to figure out how to get dietitians in that area. I know I'll see Allison Maurer, Tavis Piotoli. Um, you know, I've I've been in this space for about four years. Jackie's been in uh, the high school space for about seven years at IMG Academy. But that's very minimal and very few. Like and there's thousands yeah. and thousands of high schools out there. Um, but it's, it's figuring out like what's the right model that we need to put together for that space to not just consult at the high school level, but actually get dietitians in the building, Um, whether that's a dual role with being the dietitian, but then also possibly having an academic role where you're actually teaching nutrition information or food demos or or things like that. Um, I don't think there's any perfect way right now, but like that's one of my passions to try to get more people along with them out in the high school space that I can hopefully get to at one point. Yeah. That's what I love about depression.
1: Like, I mean, I'm 43 and I'm a veteran because it was so young when we were all starting, but like it's a, still a very young profession. So, what I see, it's like, you know, we went through it, you know, with college and pro sports and then getting, you know, the military dietitians the support and the funding they need to now, you know, we're looking at it in, you know, non traditional sports, we're doing some work in esports and then the high school level. We're still always just going to be advocating for the profession. Like, once, you sit down and get the right people in the right place and explain, like, hey, you're putting all this, you know, money or whatever into either whether it's the training of the athlete or the, you know, operator, performer, employee, or you know, we've got all these great, we're monitoring this, we've got this great GPS tracking, and then there's no funding for the the human asset. Like, yeah. Once you have those conversations, it's always like, Oh, yeah, no, of course we need to do this, but it's just a matter of having them. And, you know, I, I I've been thinking about it like, you know, I think about the the high school setting is like, yeah, they may not be budget this year or uh, a perceived need for each school, but the department, you know, that's a lot What like Tavis was doing. And then the Hooten Foundation, they go around and they talk to the entire um, school, school system about the importance of, you know, nutrition, whatever, and that you, one, you're just growing, you just need calories, but like yeah. safe supplementations. I mean, there's not, they're not drug tested. So there are some, and, you know we're all invincible at 16 so we see a ton of like PED and kind of illegal use or just you know banned substances that shouldn't be in your body just because they're not informed but I mean obviously the better you start habits the earlier then it's mm-hmm. just like you're not starting from scratch when they get to you right and then you know NBA is not starting from scratch when they get to them so it's just good habits and obviously that's Improves performance, increases recovery, increases career longevity, it just allows you to actually tap into your your actual optimal potential. So, I mean, I'm, I'm super passionate about it as well. You know, the, the more people we can touch, the better.
0: That's why when you see a lot of these high school kids and, they, and they're getting to the college level and they're just like already, already ready or they've been exposed to a lot of stuff because they had a strength and conditioning coach, for example. Yeah. Like we're seeing that now, like at these levels that, that that's making a huge difference. So if we can get both of those tied in together at the high school level at more places. Like it's just going to yeah. be a game changer and, and more colleges are going to be appreciative of that because they're going to have individuals coming in as a freshman instead of like, oh, I've never lifted before and I eat fast food 24 seven. It's like, oh yeah, I've been training the last four years in high school and I know how to feel myself appropriately coming into freshman year. And it's like, if you see athletes coming into freshman year ready like that already and that we're not having to wait to develop them and get to the point where, where they're then ready at junior senior year. That could be a crazy thought.
1: <laughs> yeah that's kind of part of the reason that actually led me to nutrition. I was a distance runner in high school and like you know I ended my career accidentally you know uh anemic and for sure red ass and all this stuff just because I was an idiot. Like hit mm-hmm. power bars that was sports nutrition right and they were god awful right oh but like, I had, like
0: rocks <laughs> yeah,
1: and like you know my team we're you know we're doing very high load we're trying to be extremely competitive and like all of us have these like nagging injuries now that uh was just because we we're idiots we didn't know what we we're doing we didn't know the damage we were doing to our body especially at a time when you're growing right so um yeah the bit the earlier we can have habits and i was talking to somebody and they mentioned like you know, this kind of generation, and they've always had access to cooking shows and Food Network, and so few of them actually cook, right? So the culinary information is there, but that doesn't necessarily mean they're actually doing themselves. So like, so much of it is just like, it's not that hard, like, don't be scared of the kitchen, right? And it's like, so much of our impact can be just that, like just the soft skills. So it's, it's unfortunate.
0: It's the world of convenience where you can just sit in your apartment, or your house and you can order from your phone and the food shows up and you didn't have to move or, or get up or do anything like that's yeah. That's a hard competition and battle to go against. I mean, at the same time too, also the, the social media front, you know, from, from a dietitian standpoint, trying to dismiss uh, all these random people out there that are nutritionists and yeah. so, so, so called nutrition professionals or whatever you want to call them but <laughs> it's a yeah. it's a different type of world out there with with all this kind of stuff coming up and then being exposed to that 24 to 7 that's uh i mean that's an hour-long podcast alone but uh <laughs> but
1: even even if you just dis- dismiss the whole like hey i'm making recommendations even if it's just someone saying like this is what works for me the amount of people who expect that you don't know you don't know their genetic makeup you don't know what's going on with them you don't know why that worked for them and it's not like people are always like, can I get a diet plan? I was like, I need like nine thousand oh. data points before I can. I would say you have to earn it. Like, are your calories even close? You know, like it doesn't matter how I break them down if you're going to be a thousand short every day, right? But um, yeah, I don't know. I th- I think it's just uh it's a wild time to try and it's, it's hard to find good information. Uh, but even then, even when you do have the information, the amount of people who just assume that it's going to work for them. And I think we need to do some work on really getting people to understand it really is a one size fit one world. You know, you have to understand you and you know, sports doesn't happen in a vacuum. Everything else is happening too. So as much as there's a biological cost to to being a, a high performing athlete there's a biological cost to being a student there's a biological cost to growing there's a biological cost to being stressed having emotional issues like there's so many different things that your body has to they're all metabolically based or there's at least a metabolic component to everything we do so um it is kind of getting that information like hey I eh, and I've said this a thousand times early in my career I was focusing on just optimizing that top 2%, not realizing it's like a 50% human at the foundational level. Like the calories aren't there, the vitamin D is low, magnesium is off the chart and they're not hydrating. If I fix those basic things, then I can get that 2% at the top of a uh, 80% human. That's when you see some real changes, but like, I, I, you know, I'm not embarrassed to say it, but it took me a long time to, to really realize like I'm focusing on the wrong things and I'm, my impact is so minuscule. 2% of a 50% human that's not sleeping, not recovering and not feeling uh, as opposed to, and then there's other times with like, go, we've had such great great results, blah, blah, blah. I was like, yeah, literally we just caught up on calories and put protein at the right
0: time, you know? But <laughs> that's sometimes all that's I, all it takes, you know? And it's not sexy. It's not sexy. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't always sell because it's not fancy and has all these bells and whistles, but these just really simplistic, basic concepts, if you can implement them in your schedule and routine day in, and day out, and keep on top of them make a world of difference <laughs> uh, you got to treat the human and human performance first for sure like i uh like we had a recruit coming yesterday and i i did this uh i've been doing this actually a lot with recruits that have been coming in just to not only show them but show their parents so i'll go to a whiteboard and i'll tell them to write down fuel hydration and sleep and then i'll ask them okay how many hours do you spend sleeping how many hours do you think you spent eating do you hydrate all day or do you hydrate part of the day and then i tell them i go all right write 24 on the bottom of the board because that's 24 hours in a day so then my next question is i go okay now if you, if you count all those up and i go i know hydration wasn't a number but if you count that up hypothetically how many hours and 24 hours are you spending doing those three things right and then they'll tell me and i go okay well if you divide that by 24 that's the percentage of time that you're spending doing those three things and i go you you have to do them every day, right? Yes. Can you stop doing those? No. Do you notice when you don't do those that it's affecting you out in the court? Yeah, I definitely, I've definitely felt that. And then it's just like the parents are just like, Whoa, like something so simple as just writing that basic concepts on the board and just putting it in a big picture format like that. I'm like, yeah, anytime you don't sleep enough, anytime you don't eat enough, anytime you're just hydrating when you want and not all throughout the day, it's probably going to affect everything and anything that you do, decisions you make school practice lift training competition whatever it is it's going to negatively affect it if you're not keeping on top of it
1: yeah one of the most impactful things for me is is i had a coach tell me he's like hey athletes rarely lie so if they're telling me this is happening it's up to you guys to figure it out right like the performance team like maybe Mm -hmm. it's not nutrition maybe it's not strength training maybe it's not you know uh rehab or whatever muscle readiness but something's happening that athlete and i think for me is getting that rapport and opening that up to let them be like hey my bench is down like i don't know what i'm doing i don't know what i'm doing different or like i'm just not feeling it today right like like if your body's feeling it like it's up to us but you have this support system help you figure it out like you shouldn't i mean how many athletes you know just normalize like bad gi and they're like oh yeah well that's just what happens when i take you know
0: that's all the time like it doesn't have to be that's just normal. Like, yeah. you shouldn't be having that going on every day or every other day. Like, yeah. that's <laughs> And I mean, like
1: talking to coaches, like you shouldn't have to make those noises when you stand up out of bed every day. Like, you don't have to normalize that, right? There's a solution there, you know. And <laughs> you that's be just 18, having
0: eighteen and creaky, and everything's cracking. Yeah. And I could barely roll out of my bed anymore. the yeah. Like it should be like that.
1: But that is the the soft side. The you know being passionate, you know, pu- like public facing, uh, so people know, like, hey. I don't know if Sean has the answer, but like, I know he cares about me enough to help me find it. Right. And like, he's not going to judge me because I only got three hours of sleep because you don't know, like until I know what's going on, like, all right, well, this is your truth right now. Here's how we minimize the negative impact of that. But here's also how we work on like you having a, you know, a plan for this so that this isn't a lifelong issue. Right. So, you know, I think that it, like I said, it's just, uh, there's, I would say you have to be in this industry, you have to be, you know, half professor half coach to do it right and in either one you're not going to be optimal but yeah like it's the passion of letting letting athletes and clients and patients whatever realm you go into know like yeah you, like i'm here i'm here to help you and, and and you may not even know there's a nutrition component of what you're doing but like I can generally make things suck a little bit less. I may not be able to fix them with nutrition, but I can at least, uh, you know, let your body handle what what it's dealing with, you know, in a more optimal way, while you know, uh, sending you over to our other disciplines that uh may be able to help you in other ways. So, you know, oh, but yeah. nothing happens in a vacuum in the body. So,
0: yeah, the behavioral standpoint. I mean, I I credit how I look at body language, how an athlete speaks to me, the questions I ask, I attribute a lot of that to the mental conditioning staff that I worked with for three years before the job I'm currently at. And then where I'm currently at, we also have a sports psychologist and anything that I'm seeing going on that could be a behavioral issue that's going to directly impact sleep, hydration, and fueling, I'm going to have a conversation with her and we're going to try to figure out how to collaboratively work with that athlete, whether it's they're not ready for me they need to talk to her first so that way she can figure out what's going on behind the scenes and hopefully provide them some skills to deal with that which then allows me to do my job at the end of the day because you know with as we've seen with multiple sports professional athletes you know depression anxiety you know just dealing with different types and different levels of stress that maybe the general population don't deal with you know we we criticize athletes a lot you know they're not having a good day they're always hurt. They're this, they're that. But do you in reality really know what's going on behind the scene and the different types and different levels of stressors that they have to deal with every single day? It's like if you've never been an athlete, you don't know. And you have zero clue in social media too, and then exacerbates that because everyone's got an opinion on you as well.
1: Yeah. I like I think that I think that's one of the, the things we talk about a lot. It's it's in a lot of the, the sports specific performance professions is uh you don't have time to learn the soft skills you don't get taught the coaching skills and you have to kind of come with it and you know there's a saying somebody told me early on when i was at the pats it's like you know you have to be like uh whatever seem to be heard heard to be listened to listened to be trusted or or entrusted to have an impact or whatever and it's it's you know understanding that and it's when I went from NFL to college, NFL, you're kind of peers and there's a, you know, financial component, whatever. And then I got to college and I was like, oh, I'm like a mentor. These kids are 16 or 17, 18, 19. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, they don't, I have to establish a different rapport. I have to have a little bit more of a coaching mentorship role. And it was just like little things like, you know, someone in my life was always like, just ask me every time I saw them, like, tell me one thing you learned today. Right. And, and I didn't even realize I started doing that, but then you know, the people are taken back. And I was like, no, literally anything doesn't have to be in the classroom. Just one thing you learned today that you didn't know yesterday. And, you know, that became like a habit, but then you get to know it. And they're like, oh, you care about me besides like my stats on the field, you know, and it, it's something as simple as that is like, you know, and then we had, you know, one of, one of our guys was taking organic chemistry. And like, I sat down and like, talked to him, you know, talked to them. And he's like, oh, wait, like you care about me academically. Like, I trust you with everything. Like it's so, you never know what that, what that connection point is going to be. But the whole fact that, you know, just letting people know you're available, it's sometimes as simple as like, how's your day? You know, like it's crazy how simple that is, but we forget to do that, especially at the highest level where competent, we're so, we assume everybody knows everything that we're, we're all in this together. We're all here to make everyone better. But like, it is kind of sometimes that soft, like, like, Hey bud, you know, like that's sometimes that's enough, you know?
0: Yeah. And those, those little unique details make a big difference too. I think I can't remember what podcasts I was listening to, but they were talking about this parent whose, whose son or daughter went to like an Ivy league school. And like, what set the difference for them is like, every time they came home, instead of like, Hey, how was your day? You know, most time when your kids come home or whoever your significant other comes home, Oh, it was good. It was fine. Okay. Their question was like, did you ask any good questions today? Right. Something that ended up like engaging them to like Oh, okay. They want to know have my day, but they specifically want to know like what was involved with it. Or I've taken kind of stuff from a variety of different people too, where um, you know, during COVID a lot, we were fist bumping. So now I've turned the fist bump into rock, paper, scissors, shoe. Yeah. yeah. So now yeah. Like, like when I go around the facility, it's just it's it's a competition not only with the players, it's a competition with the coaches. Yeah. And that's our own little game that we play in when they go to the next place, right? Like they're going to probably try rock, paper, scissors, shoe somebody, but no one's going to have any clue like what that means. Yeah, But we our own little like personal thing that we've yeah. had during the time they were with us. I mean, how many times do you pass someone in the hall and like cross them up or like
1: finger roll, right? Like, yep. you know, I
0: <laughs> I, uh, I left, you know, whatever, like I said,
1: 12, 15 years of, of football and I went to a corporate job and I did a swim move, past someone in the hallway and I was like, that's not normal that's not normal in this situation at all you know like uh but it is stuff like that and it it, it, as much as you have to have that rapport with the athletes you have to have it with the team too i i tell this story all the time we were working with an athlete that only cramped or felt like they were going to cramp on on game day Mm -hmm. and we're sitting around and we're like you know we did the sweat test and we did everything we looked at you know all this stuff and it turns out uh he was uh signed to one shoe company, but didn't actually really like the way they felt. So only wore those on game day. And because of that, like spatted differently on game day and was a nervous guy who was bouncing up and down on his calves, you know, like so he was just fatiguing little muscles. And it wasn't until we were, you know, and then now, uh, you know, like a assistant equipment manager's like, oh, he wears the crap shoes on Sundays. So that person had solved it six months ago, right? But we didn't even know, like like I said, like athletes not lying. It's up to us to figure out where we're just looking at all these. And I was like, man, like, how did we not think to think about what's different on Sunday? It's only happening on Sunday, right? So that's the kind of thing, like as much as you have to have the interpersonal skills with your, your athletes, your clients, whatever, you have to have it with your resource and supporting team around you. And, you know, it's all, you know, win or lose together and rising tides lift our ships and every cliche you want to put, but they're real for a reason. So
0: the answers in the details
1: <laughs> for, sure, for sure.
0: Oh, I, I think one question I definitely wanted to ask you because I'm sure this is kind of a nutrition debate type of question is also, uh, we all have a, you know, food first approach as dietitians. Yeah. Um, in your eyes, in your opinion, do you feel supplements, for athletes are necessary, especially with specific nutrients being very challenging to get athletes to eat enough of them within their meals and snacks throughout the day. Do you feel there's some supplements and some nutrients that it's just, I don't think we're going to get to a point if we don't supplement, we may never get them in that optimal range. Yeah. I think I
1: think if the end goal is optimal for you know the situation we're giving them, it's you have to quantify one, what is the, like I said, the biological cost of doing everything, right? And then look at, okay, is there a meal plan that I can build in a perfect world where I'm providing them with food that can actually hit that, right? But then you start looking at, okay, do they have food avoidances? Do they have allergies? Do they have intolerances? Like what nutrients aren't they going to get in? And then what are the demands? What are higher than average? You know, we've looked at, you know, kind of a a cohort of people going into the NFL combine, all coming from power five. and, And we looked at like, you know, recommended, um, you know, levels of nutrients. And then um, what science will say, like, there's some research behind like optimal for performance, not just survival. Mm-hmm. And it was like 90% of them had like four or five markers. And, you know, looking at like omega three and and magnesium and, and vitamin D are the big three that I, I don't find a diet normally um, sufficient in. And, and I kind of always look at supplements are an option. They're a tool in the belt, right? You can change your behaviors, you can change your your food sources or sometimes supplementation is the answer. But yeah, going back to the, the food first philosophy, it, it's hard now to make a, a a house out of bricks. That's just the foundational things. You need a little bit of mortar, but you for sure can't build a house out of mortar, right? So yeah. uh, you know, that's kind of how I look at it. Like, you know, like for me, I know I've got certain foods I I don't, you know, I'm like, there's certain foods I just are not going to be a huge part of my diet so I know those nutrients and I have to figure it out is it either am I going to blend those nutrients those those foods up that I you know have a taste aversion to or like all right what's other sources of say soluble fiber like all right maybe I'm like there's a while like just for convenience uh I was like blending up like celery and using that as my celery juice as like the base of like my pre-workout just so I could have which is dumb because it was probably definitely slowing down some nutrients, but uh, you know, but I was like, Hey, I need more fiber. Like it's literally, I'm at the salad bar, there's celery there. It's got a high water component, high fiber component. I need both of those. I'm just going to do it. Was it delicious? I actually really liked the taste of it, but you know what I mean? Like, so it is just that, that thing of like, what's going to be true for you, what's real for you and what's sustainable for you. And if supplements have an answered that, awesome. But then I also think, you know, we have to going back to the earlier question about medical nutrition therapy. Like if we're asking this much out of an athlete we kind of have a responsibility to know their blood work and know what they are actually deficient in and to like if, in icu we wouldn't we i wouldn't write a tpn or a tube feed without lab values without magnesium values of calcium levels so i think there is a responsibility and i think there it's scary because there's so much to learn about the supplement industry and that's where it is like you know having your trusted resources so i think there is a responsibility to to look at is supplementation an answer where are we suboptimal you know and what needs to be true for this athlete to to do what we're asking to do and do it day after day and peak at the right time of the season like there's a crazy amount of science involved in that like like i said biology is simple or relatively simple once you once you get into it and once you're fluent in it but but the stimulus and the variables and questions you're asking that biological metabolical metabolic system to to working that's when you really have to you have a responsibility to understand am i actually providing the nutrients so i think i think for most people that we're asking to do what they do to their body i think it's combination of you know access and nutrients and food supply falling off to just the demands and the extra nutrients they're burning through um i think it's hard to design a diet and then even when you do design that diet it's even harder to get compliance to that diet or you know design that diet and then also fit you know the calorie needs and the macros they need within it like and, and then one, just think
0: about thinking about the age group that we're working with too right like if you're working with, let's say high school i don't know let's say yeah. 14 up to guys in their their mid-20s right some of their palates and, and types of foods yeah. they may in, in in that first initial range not like anything yeah. or not be willing to try it or they grow up in an environment where they only had certain types of food because that's all that was available to them especially depending on you know, their economic background and, and how they grew up there. So then it's like, you know, omega-3s, if you're not eating fatty fish on a regular, well, yeah. you can get it plant-based sources. but that doesn't mean it's going to be readily available and absorb as well. You go to vitamin D, what if you got a person that's lactose intolerant? Like, okay, we're getting it from a plant-based milk, but does that absorb as well? And then you go to magnesium. Okay, if you don't like dark leafy greens, you don't like beans, you don't like nuts, peanut butter. I mean, there's just yeah. those specific groups that we're getting those nutrients from. And if you're just almost cutting it out, or you just don't like that specific food group, it's like now we're already we're already set behind. Or it's going to be challenging to f- try to figure out a way to get enough of those other options to even equate to what you would need to have an optimal level.
1: Yeah, and I, I think a lot of times when we're kind of calculating that, uh, so many times, and I'm guilty of it myself in my past, is we forget to understand what the metabolic needs of everything else that's happening. Like uh, high school kids, you're growing. Do you know how many calories that needs? Now you're trying to be an athlete on top. It's just insane amount of calories. And then- You know, like we talk about like so few people talk about the caloric and the kind of metabolic cascade that happens after concussion. It's wildly metabolic Mm -hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, there's no drive to eat. Right. Like, are we feeling that like the amount of like, uh, you know, you're recovering from surgery, like we account for it clinically. What are we doing here? And then, yeah. So maybe their physical activity has dropped because they're not. But like, what is actual demands what nutrients are different? recovering that are then you know from so it's just it's it's why we have jobs you know like it's just so complicated man like who's never gonna I, go
0: I, it go anywhere so i always tell you about, oh, i have the one of the most se- secure jobs yeah. in the country even if it's not in sports there's gonna be a job somewhere for me with nutrition yeah. food's not gonna go obsolete anytime
1: yeah. soon i mean I, I always put up the like the huge metabolic map you know on a, a slide you know i was like uh anytime you tell me it's just food this is what's happening right like you tell me where where you're an expert in this area right and it's just yeah once people are like oh shit like nutrition really does touch everything and i have to account for everything and i was like yeah it's a lot (laughs) like it's not an easy job and we did a lot of schooling to get here so uh you know that's where where you know i think kind of highlighting how intricate it is kind of also helps like are you really going to trust that person on instagram (laughs)
0: Like, Are you gonna like, really <laughs> trust <with> that nutritionist? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's they a, got a they got it. a cert over three days. <laughs> yeah, I was like,
1: would you go to a uh you know a, a surgeon that had a weekend course?
0: You know, for it's sure. The not, answer. So, no, so. I wouldn't do that. Okay, then why would you do this? Hundred <laughs> yeah. percent. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes like, you gotta challenge. You gotta yeah. challenge individuals a little bit with some of those type of questions and just get them to actually think outside the box because sometimes they're just they thinking so narrow. Yeah, time. like
1: I'm not taking a NASCAR to my my uncle's buddy that fixes cars, you know, for for fun on the side. You know, you have to have, you have to know what you don't know, and you have to know the intricacy and the questions to ask. And it's just, I mean, it's mind blowing once you stop and think back. Like, what are I have to account for all of this? I have to ask all these questions. I have to have all this information to make the actual true targeted nutrition recommendation for what is actually happening for you right now. So I think that's where like the, the rise of data and the rise of, you know, access to blood work and all that stuff is the, the barrier is shrinking. Right. But again, data without interpretation, that's just numbers. So, you know, we have to be, make sure we have the, so what if we're going to measure it. So yeah, it's a fun time to be in the industry, man. And like, like you said, we're always going to be challenged. There's never going to be a boring day and I'm never, I'm never going to feel like i know anything you know i know more than i did 20 years ago but now i know how little i knew at the time you know and how little i know now and how much more there is for me to learn so it's just uh it's a it's kind of fun that i'll you know it's a never-ending story right uh because even if i got you know wildly expert at everything that is today three new studies come out tomorrow you know three new uh data points come out tomorrow and we everything i knew is challenged so it's great it's so fun
0: It's a little, it's a little monotonous because your mind's just like, oh, I'm never going to be ahead. But then you have to just figure out how to reason with yourself. Like, it's okay. I'm never going to get to this point. As long as I keep learning and I keep helping people or keep serving people, like that's, that's the overall goal at the end of the day. I can't be a hundred percent expert in 50 different things.
1: Yeah. But I, I get to be a part of this emerging science and I get to uh, never be complacent and never be done, you know? And uh, like, that's Yeah, I mean, who wouldn't want that? You know, it's like, keep driving you and it keeps you
0: passionate
1: at the end of the day. Like, I mean, there's, I mean, I go down so many rabbit holes and I was like, shoot, I need, like, now I need to, who has the best podcast on this? I have to know more about this, right? Because I know how many things this can impact. And that's why I love working with interdisciplinary teams. Like, they'll ask you a question, you're like, never thought about it from that lens. What is my answer to that and why? Right. And then your philosophy gets better. And that's when you get to, like, this is like how you handle an athlete and how I handle an athlete is very different, right? We're both expert practitioners, but uh, you know, you've got your own philosophy because you've been asked enough questions, made enough, enough mistakes. You know, as I kind of mentioned earlier. But like, like I love being challenged. I love having a person being like, "Hey, my so and so told me this." I was like, "All right, my head says no, but like, why are they thinking that, right?" And I get to understand, and and maybe I'll look at something different. I was like, "All right, well." The, that didn't work for the reason they said it did but here's why it actually worked right and like I get to prove why things are happening and and understand and and I just get better doing it and my ability to help others gets better by doing that so it's uh I love it I love
0: I love the profession it's always fun asking those questions we're just like where'd you you get that from or like what did they tell you it just kind of like ask the questions first you're not initially coming off at like no that person's stupid they don't know anything like don't listen to it's like all right, where is that coming from first? Are the credentials? Is somebody I don't know about yet? And yeah. then just try to have a, you know, like you said, the soft goes in a better approach from that perspective. Yeah. So that way the athlete doesn't get turned off right away. And,
1: that can... and understanding, like I mean, so many times we've seen it where someone's like, "Hey, I'm going to go vegan." And you're like, "Cool." This is what's going to happen. Like, uh, I think again,
0: do, do you know how to route. get protein? Do you know how to get B12? Yeah. Do you know what yeah. Like, do you know what foods have these in it? And if you're saying no, 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 well. Let me just tell you, you might want to actually rethink, is that going to be the best, best thing for you? And are you going to be able to sustain that type of lifestyle?
1: But also like, what's the compromise? Like, all right, like, let's do this now. And like, you know, Mm -hmm. we'll make a transition to, you know, fish base or whatever, but uh, it's another, I'm stealing from Rob Skinner again. I'm fairly certain to say Somebody said, Hey, there is no yes and no, there's yes, if, or no, unless, and like going into (laughs) that, but like also your capital, like, why not capitalize on their desire to make a change? Be like, all right, we can do this. But like, what are you actually trying to get? Like, all right, let's do this. Cause you're, you're potentially going to lose this, but I'm, I'm with you in the middle. And like, sometimes like a committed person that's going to focus and be compliant every day, uh, even if they're not doing it hundred percent, the way you want, if it's, if it's going to be better than what they were doing, like it's a teaching moment. Like it's so easy to just say no and be standoffish. Be like, that's dumb. You know? Mm. Yeah, that is dumb. But like, here's how I can make this beneficial for you. And here's how we can, you know, be establishing good patterns for as you trust me and, and and move more and realize what you actually think you want or what you actually want uh, out yeah. of whatever this diet changes, this program, whatever. But like, that's on us to make things work as best as they can for whatever your truths are at that moment.
0: You got to meet them halfway. And like you said, you got to figure out what do you want out of this? Because probably what you really want doesn't mean that we necessarily need 100% to do this but at least give you the tools and skills to be able to transition to this but hopefully you come to the decision on your own to know if this is going to be a long term solution and you're getting what you want out of it
1: yeah it's just it's making sure you have an informed customer consumer client whatever like the the more informed they are one the more able they are to take your advice and two they're able to be like i never say i told you so but i like when you know people come back and like Uh, you're right you're right you're right you know like uh and then and then everything you say after that holds a little bit more weight because they're like all right you said it was going to happen uh this is what i'm feeling how do i how do i keep doing as much of what i want to do but still make sure this isn't uh you know a thing where i'm losing strength or losing power or or whatnot so yeah like i said it's the soft side it's a huge part of the industry and i think it's uh, under talked about side so that's why you know conversations like this and and what you're doing are, are super important
0: Yeah. I mean, my whole goal of this is, you know, not only for dietitians, but try to bring as many different practitioners on to show one, how can we, how do we all work and collaborate together to essentially serve and help the athlete? But two, um, you know, can you connect with some of these individuals and learn from other disciplines as well? Right? Like we can't, we can't all do this in a bubble by ourselves. Like there's, there's so many things that cross over into one another that are impact each other, that we're going to be more of a powerful whole or unit if we can figure out how to do it as one group. <laughs> Great, brother. Um, so last thing I want to kind of wrap up with is, you know, being with the vast amount of experience that you have, you know, there's so many young dietitians in the field. Maybe what, what is like two of your your top three tips of wisdom um, for dietitians that are coming up that you would pass on to them that maybe you didn't know or you wish you knew as you were kind of coming through the field that could maybe be helpful for them in, the, in their current stage? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we touched on kind of the biggest one is, is is building that kind of, you know, being the CEO of you and, and building that kind of board of advisors and, and building your group around you because you can't do it alone. And like, it's such unique, weird stressors in the industry, not even what should I do clinically, but like, how do I survive this? How do I manage this? How do I balance that? So like, one, like being vulnerable and having that group that you can be like, Dude, I'm I'm struggling today or like, I don't know how I'm getting through OTAs or getting through training camp, right. Having that kind of mentorship, like I said, I still, I still have a group text with, you know, some of the original 20 and like, but like I've, you know, I've conversations with you, like your mentors can be anyone, your peer support group can be anyone, you know, and someone's going to be an expert on something. But so just, just knowing that even if your position puts you in the, you know, like the, you know, the smartest person on the Island or like, you know, a lone wolf, just because that position doesn't necessarily have the support around it, especially as you're starting to fight for high school and whatnot. Like, how do I, how do I even sell this? Right. Somebody around you will have an an answer or know somebody that will. So you're not supposed to do it alone. It's impossible. Um, But the the one thing I say, as far as like professional development is, it's kind of, I would say your, your five-year plan starts year two. Year one is just don't get fired, understand the politics, (laughs) understand what your, what job you're actually being asked to do. Cause sometimes the job we want to do and the job, like the decision makers the people who care or, you know, make decisions on your job, they may, we want to do something completely different. And sometimes you have to make sure, all right, let me just win this. Yes. I, I can't boil the ocean. Right. But, uh, it's okay. It's okay. It's, you're not failing if you don't have the perfect program, you know, three weeks in. Right. So it mm-hmm. is, but there is understanding that, you know, the politics and the kind of what what works here? What's what's impactful here? What what can I do within the parameters that are here? And then what do I have to start challenging? I think th- those are two kind of the biggest like um, sustainability, survivability things. But yeah, you also have to like kind of be always uh you know have the growth mindset. Always be identifying like there's it's it's a, you're not supposed to be great at everything, right? But like mm-hmm. hey, like all right, I'm working in this high school thing. I need to learn a little bit more about you know, learning styles or, you know, what, what a 16 year old is doing right now, what's true for them. Like, Oh, you can't send emails. That doesn't work. You know, but like, if you co- if I came in there and tried to do it the way I did it 20 years ago, they're like, bro, you know, like, you know, so it, it just figure out how they learn what they do. So it just, what's real? what's real for you, what's real of the situation you're in, and then how do you adapt to it? And, and, you know, I think that's kind of, learning that soft skill and, and really coaching up your soft skill. Like you can't just read all nutrition books, like in nutrition studies, like you have to, you have to figure out your flow. Philo- and the, and the, I guess the last thing I would kind of sum up with is you're not, it takes five years to be an expert in you, in what your philosophy is. Right. Like, like I said, it, it when you're asked questions, you find, like, you know, you do things and you, in your head, you know what, but you've never verbalized them. Right. And you've never actually been like, okay, well this is defensively why I do what this is. And then be like, actually, I don't know. I mean, that's just what I've done. I don't know why I do it. So, you know what I mean? like, So the more questions you're asked the more mistakes you make, that's how it usually takes three to five years before you have like the foundation of like, this is how I do sports nutrition. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to do it differently than your mentor and, and find mentors doesn't have to be in the industry, just find mentors, somebody who's better at what you want to do, you know, and, you know, your mentors can be older than you, younger than you, different profession, same profession, like, you know, it's, it's, uh, that's, uh, my, all my wisdom summed up in, in two sentences or 12 probably, but yeah.
0: Yeah. A couple of things off of that. I like that. You said is, um, you know, everyone always says, well, who do you look up to? Who's your mentor? And I say, well, I, I take something from everybody. Yeah. Right. That's essentially what helped me, Uh, develop my philosophy and my identity and like who I am like do I like everything that everybody did throughout my coming up through the field no but everyone also probably had stuff that was really key and good I'm like okay I can relate to that I think that something's going to work for me I think it's something's going to allow me to help get better in this specific section of sports nutrition that maybe I wasn't good before but they're really good at it and I'm going to ask a lot of questions and see how that works for me when I start to get into those similar situations, which where I'm not yet, but then I'm going to get into, but at least have a base level of skills or someone that I can kind of refer to. Um, yeah,
1: I think I think I, your point there is uh, I've I've actually never I don't know if I've ever said that out loud, but thinking about it, I think I got to my my personal philosophy faster on negative stimulus of what I don't want to be and how I don't want to make people feel that I've been made field. so felt. So uh, I think I think you're right, like. It's when you're in the, in, you know, in the environment dealing with a toxic person or difficult person, it's really, but then you're like, oh, I know nine things I'm never going to do. Right. So that's, you just get there a little bit faster. So uh, there is something positive to be taken away from, from every interaction for sure.
0: Yeah. I would say that the benefit that I had is I had a lot of people that practitioner that weren't there to be your friend. They were there to like make you a professional. So they were going to tell you the real information that you needed to know that was going to allow me, like you said, to progress a little bit faster than others around me. And they weren't afraid to provide constructive criticism, but then it takes the other individual like myself being able to accept the constructive criticism. And what am I going to do with it? Like, am I going to get mad? Am I going to get upset? Am I going to say they don't know what they're talking about? Or let's read between the lines of what they're actually saying to me and how is this actually helping me? And they're probably saying it because they see something in you as an individual that they want you to get better and that they see that you're going to have probably a good career. So they're going to be a little bit harder on you at the end of the day.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think if, if, if you've got someone that cares enough to be critiquing you, it means you're at least there's there, you're doing something or they're seeing something. And, you know, like, I mean, I was an idiot. I'm still an idiot sometimes. Right. And sometimes <laughs> it, it's has to be like, what, what are you doing, man? You know, or like, that's, yeah. that's, that's not, you're not helping yourself by doing it that way. Or like, you know, I used to be a little bit more like, uh, you know, challenge somebody like directly as opposed to be like, like, for a while I was, you know, prefacing, hey, I'm asking, not telling, because I know like the way, like, like, what, what are we doing for this? Uh, it can be taken the wrong way. And I'm like, no, 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 yeah, literally, that- I want to know everything you're doing, your thought process, so that I can be making sure like... Like, if I don't know what the actual surgery, like what a bank heart surgery is and what the recovery for that is, if I don't know that I can't feel for it, but it's me asking, like seeking and understand, not being like, I'm questioning while you're, do- while you're doing it, and especially at the highest level, when you've been around, you know, there can be some, you know, talks with people that are challenging just because they're challenging for no reason. Right. Like, so mm-hmm. that took me a little while to learn, like one, ask the questions the right way, but two, uh, again, having that relationship where they're like, Oh, Joel just will like, here's the paper, read it. You know, like uh but yeah it is how people are saying things and how you interpret them like we're seeing it's way worse over text and email because there's no oh my god and like i'm a sarcastic guy and i've gone you know places where sarcasm isn't as common and like people like i've offended people for like months just because i
0: was like being sarcastic so you know i know you can't you can't even say anything funny or joking anymore because it gets just taken out of context i mean I literally am at a point now where when I talk to athletes, when I do their like one-on-one assessment, when I first meet with them, like day one, square one, on the back of my paper, I ask, how do you want to be communicated with? So I'll ask, is it FaceTime? Is it text? Is it phone call? Is it you want me to pull you over to the side when you're in the facility and talk to you face-to-face? Like, You need to tell me how you want me to communicate. And then not only will I ask that, the second question I follow up with is, how do you learn? How do you want me to present information to you? Is it visual? Is it tactile? Is it you just like to read stuff? Like, how do you want me to provide that to you? So that way I know how you like to to, to have a conversation or how you want to communicate. Because a lot of times, like you said, emails or maybe we're texting them and no one's responding. And then we're getting upset because the athlete or the individual doesn't want to respond. Well, maybe they just don't prefer that way. Not that they shouldn't be getting better at that. But if you're trying to get quick information out of them and I got to just call them up and that's how they function better. Cool. That's what I'm going to do. Hey, you'd like to see a visual of this infographic instead of reading this paragraph. Cool. I'll just send you a visual. If that gets you to figure it out and apply it better, that's what we're going to do and just adapting to the person sometimes.
1: Yeah. And I think that that took me a little while is is to realize like, there's, you know, certain people that if they're not texters anymore or whatever, like when they get a text from somebody of like authority or whatever, like they instantly have a negative reaction, like, like i'm like challenging them or like checking on them it would be like hey did you like did you have breakfast today or whatever and uh if they're not like a text person and they're like oh man like uh, this is so like i have such a negative response to like being checked on like um you know you're grading me or you're gonna tell coach or like whatever like and i'm literally like i just want positive reinforcement that's what i'm trying to do right but the what I'm trying to do and what they're receiving the same exact words, like, you know, it, it is, it's a skill. And it's something you have to continue to do continuing education and personal growth on like, you know, you can get better at it a hundred percent and you have to, in order to be impactful. So, I mean, I love everything you're saying.
0: Yeah. That's the game changer, communication, lost art. <laughs> and that's a whole nother conversation too. Um, but Joel really appreciate you taking the time to come on today. Um, where can people reach you at? Like if they wanted to have a conversation like this one-on-one with you, what's the best ways to contact you? Yeah, so uh,
1: emails, uh, jtatora at Thorn.com. I'm on Instagram. I don't really post as much, but tutor there. But uh, as far as the educational resources and uh, thorn.com has their section called Take Five Daily and it's full of, uh, there. I mean, there's new articles out every day, uh, which is, and they're all, they're all referenced. So it's always a jump off to be like, all right, I want to read more about that um Thorne does have a podcast and uh so we have a pretty in-depth we go pretty deep on some medical topics or you know clinical topics in, in the science and then i kind of host a similar like performance podcast whether it's the athletes we're working with how do you interact with nutrition or you know practitioners that are in the field that are just doing something cool or passionate about it so uh that's always just another way if you're if you're an audible learner as opposed to a, a, a reading ler- learner there's different ways to get the information so yeah i mean like i said i'm, I'm one of a, a, a small percentage of the the smart minds we have the thorn so you gotta have access to all their their (laughs) thoughts too on the on the podcast and the blog. so um it's kind of where i live for the most part but yeah i mean obviously passionate about the industry and could talk about this for for days and you know i've talked about mentorship and how important it's been for me so if i can uh provide some guidance to anyone or you know share my 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 errors and (laughs) And what I've done wrong and prevent some errors for anybody else, uh, happy to do that as well. So yeah, really love what you're doing and, and kind of the help putting out, you know, some of these conversations that need to be had. And, you know, so many of us think we're the only one dealing, you know, especially when they're middle of the grind, we think we're the only one dealing with it. And uh we need to normalize, I think, talking about it. And it's a hard profession to work in and uh everyone only sees the glories, you know. Nobody sees that there's uh if there's anything besides the the game day itself, so uh, we know and we've we felt it. So uh, yeah, I love what you're doing and the and the the love you're spreading.
0: I appreciate it. Um, all that information, his contact information, it'll be in the show notes. Um, all my contact information is on my link tree, my digital links. Um, I provide daily content, TikTok, YouTube, Instagram, free information for those that are out there that want to try to get better in in both those spaces, whether it's nutrition. Uh, my fiance is a strength and conditioning coach, so she posts stuff on there as well. So we kind of have that dual collaboration again to show how both of those entities kind of work together hand in hand. But again, Joel, really appreciate your time. And I'm sure this a lot of people will get a lot of gems and a lot of nuggets out of this chat we had today. Oh, thanks for having me on. I-